Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. Very excited about today's episode. We are talking to Sanford Green about his excellent new series, Bitter Root. Bitter Root is uh, co-written by Chuck Brown and David Walker. David and Sanford, excellent work on Power Man and Iron Fist. They continue their incredible work in this new image series, Bitter Root, a monster hunting series that takes place during the 1920s Harlem Renaissance. Very interesting stuff, very cool mythology, and it's almost a trend of uh, the episodes I'm releasing today on Word Balloon, because in addition to my conversation with Sanford, I've also got Eric Esquivel, who is doing Border Town, which is also a Monster Hunter book, and it really delves into Mexican mythology. And it's interesting, uh, Sanford and uh, Eric, in these conversations, talk about uh, the importance of differentiating Monster Hunter books and what can you lean into. And in both cases, they lean, lean into their own culture and their own culture's mythology. Very interesting conversation with Sanford Green. We also talk about his webtoon series, The Thousand. Very excited about it to uh, present it to you on today's Word Balloon. Word Balloon is brought to you by Lightning Strike Comics, the Irish comic publisher, behind such titles as The Life and Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, Prince Valiant's 80th Anniversary Magazine, Highlander, the commemorative movie magazine, and many more. They're pleased to announce a new series, The Phantom Strikes, featuring the art of Alex Saviak and new original stories by David Williams. The Phantom Strikes will also feature contributions by artist Mike Collins and many more. To order copies, you'll want to visit www.lightningstrikecomics. That's singular, lightningstrikecomics.com. Retailers can make bulk orders by emailing info at lightningstrikecomics.com. Lightning Strike has also teamed up with the longest-running Phantom Comic publisher, Fruit Comics, to offer you more titles featuring The Ghost Who Walks, including for younger audiences, Kid Phantom No. 1, and the trade paperback of The Phantom's Earliest Stories. For those who came in late, others' titles such as the award-winning creator-owned anthology series Lightning Strike Presents is also available online at their website, lightningstrikecomics.com. It's also all available digitally at Comixology now. In the coming days, we're going to be talking to uh, one member of the uh, Phantom Strikes team, David Williams. We'll also have a conversation in the weeks ahead with Alex Saviak. Alex uh, is uh, just bombarded with deadlines and conventions, and I'm sure David is busy too, but uh, we're going to talk to both of those guys. I'm looking forward to it. I'm a huge Phantom fan, and uh, the Phantom is in good hands with Lightning Strike Comics. Check it out today. Go to their website, lightningstrikecomics.com. All right, let's get into our conversation now with Sanford Green. Really excited to have Sanford back to talk about Bitter Root, a brand new series with him, Chuck Brown, and David Walker. Here's our conversation with Sanford Green on today's Word Balloon. Sanford Green, welcome back to Word Balloon. Always a pleasure. And uh, this is uh, we've been talking about this for a little while now, so I'm glad we're finally talking and uh, doing what we need to for Bitter Root. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me back. It's always a pleasure, man. And I'm always happy to see you and David Walker working together. And I think yes. you, you guys have found an incredible rhythm. And there's a lot of kinship to this, to what you guys were doing in Power Man and Iron Fist. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I think, you know, we wanted to, um, I guess, ride the the uh, momentum that we had with uh, Power Man and Iron Fist. 
uh, once we saw where things were headed in terms of what uh, the direction was going to be with um, separating Luke and Danny in the Marvel Universe again, um, we knew that uh, we, we needed to try to make some moves ourselves, uh, not necessarily to separate, but to take what we were doing there because we had a lot of great ideas that we wanted to bring to the Power Man and Iron Fist mythos, but we decided to, you know, um, it's the, the, the run is about done, uh, and we wanted to uh, take those ideas and and use them for our own creations, and so that's part of how Bitterroot got started. Well, I love it, man. I, I first of all, you and Rico Renzi, man. I mean, it's a gorgeous book. It's very well well, done. You're you're always on. You're always on the top of your game. But Rico's colors too, really. I mean, it's a it's a beautiful book. Thank you, thank you. Uh, You know, again, this is our first foray into the creator own universe. Well, not officially, but definitely from a an extent to where it's a lot more um, more realized. And we wanted to put our best foot forward. And of course, that's with any creator. They would want to do that. But I think for us, um, I did some painstakingly uh, attempts to make sure that every page was, you know, my best um, effort. And, you know, I I guess you you hear this all the time. But I think for me, I really felt like I could walk away from uh, the issue feeling like I gave it my all. There's, you know, there's times where you, you work on a project and you, you feel like if I only had a little more time or, oh, I wish I could do, I could have done this or that. But uh, with this project, I think at least for right now, I, I, I feel good about it. I, I, I can walk away and um, I can let my kids go now. I, I, I feel um, at peace. That's cool. Are you do Are you guys doing the typical image rhythm of five issues, then the trade, you know, kind of a month, you know, at least a month off, and then you come back and then do another volume. What's the plan? Uh, yeah, that's exactly the plan uh, to do five issues and then uh, trade it up and then jump back into the next art. Excellent. Tell me about the third uh, collaborator here, because it's you, David, and uh, Brown. And forgive me, I'm, I'm not looking at uh, my uh, cheat sheet to give me uh, Mr. Oh, that's full name there. Well, yeah, it's it's probably the easiest name out of all of us. His name is, his name is Chuck, so Chuck <laughs> you can't go Br- wrong. Chuck Brown. Yeah. Chuck Brown, yeah, you can't go wrong with uh, with uh, that name. But, yeah, he uh, was honestly kind of the spark to this whole idea. Uh, he reached out to me. We, we actually collaborated on a project um, at Dark Horse called uh, Rotten Apple, and this was uh, back uh, back in about 2013, somewhere around that time. And uh, he had already started to do some some other work. Uh, he's, I think, he just recently did some work over at. Um, he's doing something else at uh, Dark Horse right now that's not announced yet. But uh, he's he's done some Marvel work, um, some Punishers uh, stuff during the uh, Civil War two. Um, story, um, okay. the, that that, that um, storyline, and um, he's done some other stuff. He's also worked with me on uh, 1000. I think we talked about my project 1000. Absolutely, back. you did. 
uh, yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, he, he, you know, we, we've been working together now for, for some time. I, I, I've known him for a long time. He's a great, great writer, uh, great ideas. Um, he's definitely one of those guys that um, you, you think about uh, some of these new creators that are these new voices that are starting to uh, show their 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 wares, um, if you will. Uh, in these new series, uh, especially at Image, you start you, you get these these unique voices, and um, he's one of those voices that we felt would be uh, great to put kind of put out there um, on on a project like this because again, you know, we he he initiated the idea, but um, David came along and really started to you know form the, the idea and, and and get it structured to where we could. Um, make it uh, something that we can actually do as a series. But yeah, he's, he's been doing a great job. Both of those guys, they, they bounce back and forth. They, I kind of attuned them to uh, like a Abnett Lanning um, combo okay. or sure. um, something like, um, uh, like even uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and uh, Justin Gray, those, yeah, you know, yeah. like those guys, they tend to play off uh, well with each other. And um, I think, uh, David and Chuck, that's what they're doing right now. Great first issue, man. Can I read the uh, forward that's uh, on sure. the title page and everything? Because this might help people with uh, an idea of what Bitterroot is all about. So it says, uh, since the dawn of civilization, a great evil has plagued humanity. And forgive me, I don't have my glasses here. It has taken man, <laughs> it's taken many forms and gone by different names. Uh the demon, the monster, etc. Um, so then, let's see here. No matter, oh geez, I'm, man, I suck. No matter the name, the result has always uh, been the same: the corruption of human souls for generations. The surprising, uh, the the sang is it the sanguine uh, laugh has uh, fought to save and – boy, this hey, is terrible. Seriously, man, hey, this is like fourth grade all over again. You got a better read on it than I do? Do you do you want to do, do a take two on that one? On that? <laughs> That's a good oh, – <laughs> No, but you know something? I'm going to leave in you suggesting it just because it's hilarious and I like it. So what do you – Oh, you know, man. Yeah, let's, take, let's do a That's take what? two on that. All on right, that. here we go. Yeah. No, you know something? Sure. I don't know. I, I, I tapped the page, and now, now it's much cleaner. Since the dawn of civilization, a great evil has plagued humanity. It's taken many forms and gone by different names. I'm just scrolling. Uh, the demon, the monster, the genu. I don't know what the genu mm-hmm. is. You might have to explain that. No matter what the name, oh, yeah. the result has always been the same. The corruption of human souls – for generations, the Sangire family. and uh, uh, Sang- Sangrier. Sangrier family. Thank you. Very, uh-huh. I'm assuming very Creole. Mm-hmm. Sounds yep. kind of Creole. Sangrier yep. family has fought to save and purify the souls of the Janu. Uh, humans mm-hmm. consumed by hate, infected by evil, and transformed into monster, monstrous creatures. Mm-hmm. And uh, the family thought they were winning the war. They were wrong. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. And, uh, and yeah, so this takes this takes place in the twenties. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, so so what is what is the Janu? Um, the Janu is um, 
David and Chuck, they're going to kill me because we have several different levels of this monster infection. Okay. And the Janu, they're kind of, uh, let's see if I can backtrack here. So basically the family, the Sangria family, their, their, their purpose or their mission is to hunt and ultimately cure those who've been infected because they've been entrusted with uh, this ancient technique called bitter root. Um, and without going too far into that rabbit hole, basically that technique was uh, bestowed upon the matriarch of this family during the Underground Railroad. So okay. we'll kind of just wow. leave that there. So there's a little backstory even in that standpoint, because we we thought it would be really cool to 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 really hit some uh, monumental moments in history, um, even more specifically in African American history or just African history in general. Sure. Um, and um, use that to create these fantastical aspects of our story. So uh, the technique was uh, bestowed upon the matriarch of the family at the time she was just a little child but she migrated up north uh her and a few others they started the family together the sangria family and basically trained everyone the the sons the daughters nieces nephews cut all, all the above they were all uh trained with this technique and there's different levels to the technique okay um they use alchemy which is the the uh, the most ancient of the technique for bitter root, but there were also as the family grew, um, they grew in uh, the stature, the stature, and and the um, uh, their uh, their understanding of what this technique can really do. They began to uh, implement uh, technology. And this is even more specifically, they they wanted to implement uh, steampunk technology. So they used steampunk technology and alchemy to basically advance uh, what they're doing. And um, so long story short, they are now this pretty impressive agency, if you will, just happens to be a family that um, their their goal is to to deal with this this evil because this evil was has been around again since the dawn of, of time um, and uh, what they what they've done uh, again right around the time period of our story where our story starts there's there's a there's a cataclysmic event that has taken place right before the time period that we're uh, the story takes place. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I won't, I don't want to go too far into that because that's something I, I would love for the readers to be able to, to sure. see. And it's actually an event that is historical. It's an actual event that did wow. take place. Okay. Yeah. And um, we're using that as kind of a, a conduit to why this family and their philosophy is now being challenged to the core because ultimately they are uh their their core belief is or the core core mission is to save they hunt they capture and they save as many as they can because of this infection <clears throat> but because of this event that took place it basically split the family because 
of what took place, the family, or at least half of the family or a portion of family felt like because of their original philosophy, that's why the event happened. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. And so the family is torn. So you got basically one half that now believes a different way. There's a different way that we have to go about dealing with these monsters. Whereas you have the other side of the family that believes, okay, we still have to stay the course. So there's that, that, you know, um, schism, great schism. Exactly. So um, it it just makes for a great, because that's almost kind of the, the underlying story. And it honestly is a philosophy that's not just, you know, um, that takes place with this family, these two different philosophies is honestly the two types of philosophies that we see even in our culture, even today. Yep. So um, that is something that uh, we really got excited about because we knew that, okay, there's a million stories about monster hunting, uh, monster hunting and, um, and all these different, uh, you know, uh, uh, titles that are coming out right now at uh, Image, and it has some type of monster aspect to it. We got a little discouraged when we saw how many titles were, you know, being debuted uh, over the la- over the next, you know, two or three months. But we knew that we had several elements that really uh, could help our story stand out, and um, that part of what um of our story is something that we really feel is is a fresh take on this whole aspect of uh the monster hunting is almost kind of like like the show like the walking dead or even a comic walking dead where it, it's it's a zombie book to to some degree but it's really not a zombie book it's about the people and um that's kind of sort of how we're you know taking um our approach with a uh, bitter root no, you could see the metaphor, and I and I think you've explained it well. And that is it uh, in terms of how do you deal with these societal problems? Do you stay the course, or are you know are are along with the times changing? Are the problems changing, and do you have to deal you know change your methods to deal with them? And like you said, it's it's in the family. And I love the idea that you're tying this stuff to historical moments, especially historical moments in African and, and in American, uh, African-American history, uh, because, yeah, I think that that there's a lot of room, I think, to tell stories in those, in the you know, and, and tell monster stories using those touchstones that I think does make it unique and, and absolutely that much more interesting. So I, I appreciate your guys' uh, storytelling instincts. I think you guys are definitely onto something. And, yeah, like I said, man, it, it's – it, for for people who you know only know your collaboration with Dave on on Power Man and Iron Fist, like I said, you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of similarities in a good way, and this right. this family is very much you know a very cool new group of characters. And honestly, I was gonna ask um, how much of the mythology is you guys inventing it, and 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 are there other ties to other African American or other uh, African or, you know, uh, cultures of color uh, mm-hmm. mythologies that you're tying into this? Because, I mean, I kind of get that. And I wondered if, like I said, the name of the family and everything sounded kind of uh-huh. Cajun. And I wondered yep. if kind of the New Orleans kind of uh, influence. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Well, you know, and it's all the above, to be honest with you. Cool. I mean, we're tying in everything that goes as far back as to, you know, early African culture. Um, right. But that's 
you know, world building down the road kind of uh, uh, different um, um, stories that we want to, to bring in. Um, but we do we have back matter that we're going to produce in each issue that's exclusive to the, the single issues uh, that gives you the bigger um, uh, worldview um, mm-hmm. uh, of the of the uh, Sangria family and just the world in general. And um, then we're going to uh, also uh, tap into some of the historical um, aspects of just history in general as part of the back matter for almost uh, academic purposes, because we felt like, you know, we can really make this something really special for those who are just curious from a, a different angle of, oh, they're dealing with a certain time period that is historically, you know, very um, um, significant. And we we want to, you know, make sure that we capitalize on that because there are scholars, there are uh, other academic types that have already reached out to us because they've heard um, just through uh, various types of, uh, of interviews or promotional uh, deals that we've encountered. We've been um, also uh, reached out to by uh, a lot of scholars who would love for us to come and speak on the uh, Harlem Renaissance time period, which that's the, the core of the story uh, during that time period. And again, we're, we're doing all of this intentionally because we want to uh, give as rich, not not only just a rich story, but just really give you that 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 history that goes along with this other side, which is the fantastical aspect of it. So it's a little bit of both of the fantastical versus the historical. <clears throat> and um, and we've done some research when we first started to put this idea together about this time period, the Harlem Renaissance time period, and you know, there's a there's there's a lot of uh, different um, documentaries or um, and other uh, uh, essays, but nothing quite like this, and definitely nothing that has a fantastical element to it. We looked hard, and you know, um, I'm quite happy to say that there's nothing out there like that. At least not anything that I've seen, and. Um, and again, you know, it's it's pretty exciting because we're starting something and, you know, there's again, there's a million comics out right now. And um, and, you know, it's one yeah. of those things where it's like you go to the comic shop and you're like, oh, man, this is awesome and kind of overwhelming and maybe even a little depressing at the same time because you just don't know where to start. Everything that seems kind of, you know it's not all the same, but you just don't know where to start. And, um, I think for us, we, we, even with that, and I, I guess we can, um, I can share a little later about some of our approaches and how we're getting this actual comic out to, uh, different audiences. But yeah, I mean, uh, long story short, we, we are definitely, um, very keen on, bringing in historical and, and it's not going to be historical uh, people or the places in any okay. event. We, we will, we will talk about them in a way to where it's going to, we're going to give you nuggets of it to where you as a reader 
will want to, one, ask more questions or two, maybe even get into discussions about it with other, you know, readers like, wow, I think they're talking about, they may be talking about this historical person. We we may not necessarily say the name or spell that out to you because I, I, that's one thing we don't want to do. We don't want to hit you over the head with information. Um, but what we want to do is give you nuggets. Now, the back matter, that's going to kind of take care of that to some degree, but the story itself is going to give you those nuggets. I hear you, man. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, it's like telling home front stories during World War II. And, you know, Hitler's may not be there, but, you know, it's in the background or whatever. And that's obviously a very negative example, but, you know, I get it. And, and truly, the Harlem <laughs> Renaissance is something that I've always heard about. I haven't read much about it. And, mm -hmm. yeah, so I imagine it is uh, people that are living through this without actually being on the front lines of some of the great events. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's great. And, yeah, like you said, how many other examples of that look and, and to add that level of mythology and fantastic storytelling during that period? I think that's brilliant. And, I, honestly, I really uh, – that's that, it's very exciting, and, and I got a sense of that from uh, the issue. Now, you sent me the issue without the back matter, and that's okay because it gives you a reason <laughs> to buy the issue and read the back matter as well. No, yeah. honestly, man, and I and truly, that's the great thing then I think a lot of the current books that are hitting, in some ways, familiar genres, this mm -hmm. is the way to stand out is, right. uh, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, I get, I mean, this is right. exactly what, like, you know, Kelly Sue and uh, Val Delandro are doing with, like, Bitch Planet and stuff. Uh -huh. And it's like, okay, the back matter and the and their perspective, um, mm -hmm. you know, is making, is, is separating it from the other kind of stories like that that have been told in the past. And uh, yep. yeah, I think that's great. And again, it's no, and 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 it's not really genre splicing because again, well, it kind of is because you're doing you know kind of again a historical setting. You mm -hmm. know, these are like those. Uh, I remember they used to have the uh, John Jakes was a great historical fiction writer of the '70s and '80s, and he would write about the Revolutionary times. But you know, it was just a family that was living through the revolution. Patrick Henry and George Washington weren't right. characters in the story. So yeah, I think that this is great, man. No, I really, I, I like the, I like the idea, and I like the execution. Oh, thank you. And you know, the the elevator pitch pretty much is BPRD set in Harlem. There you go. <laughs> it's it's technically, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm a huge fan of. Of Mike Mignola, uh, Hellboy, um, and you know, just kind of a just to add to that, it was such an incredible um, blessing to have Mike do one of the variant covers for the first issue. Fantastic! Uh, just to have him to, uh, I you know, share this quick story. I reached out to him. I mean, I told I told a few folks. I told Eric Stevenson that uh, image that. Um, I got Mike to do a cover for us, and he was like, "Wait a minute!" And, and, and if you know Eric, Eric is very, you know, I love him. You know, you know, you're about to say something a little off color when you segue by saying "I love him" or "but," but you know, it's like he's, but I, I, I you know, Eric is he's not. You just don't know exactly what he's thinking or feeling because he, he's, he's, you know, he keeps it on a certain level. 
Sure. And it's just, he's just professional. But, um, you know, I couldn't get a read for him for when we first he was. Well, I take that back. He was definitely excited about the initial story. But, um, you know, he's extremely busy. He's got a million other titles he has to oversee and, sure. and the company itself. But um, I reached out to him to to uh, ask him about uh, the variant cover um, aspect of the uh, of the issues. And um, he said, oh, sure, what do you have in mind? And I and I told him, um, well, I got Mike Mignola to do a cover for us. And he called me. <laughs> he just called me out of these. He's like, dude, you got Mike really? You know, he was super excited. And I'm like, yeah. And he was like, we've been trying to get him to do stuff. And he just doesn't do stuff for people. And sure. um, I was just like. In my, it was just so weird to me because I was like, "Really? Oh, I." He was, like, "How did you get him to do the cover?" And I was like, "I asked him, I guess. I don't. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't, you know." Now, mind you, we we've had this rapport over the last couple of years, and you know, I I just don't, you know, it was the point of talking about that to people. I just I, I knew I know him. Um, we're not like best friends or anything, but we would have these cordial conversations and i've heard different stories about you know his i guess interactions with people yeah. um but it's always been very pleasant um and honestly just again it was it's like we would have great conversations about just art he would ask me about uh, you know what i'm working on and and he'll show me some stuff that he's working on i'm like this is crazy that he's he's Mike Mignola but um you know and that's that's honestly kind of where I just asked them I was like you know he would be perfect for the first issue um one of the artists anyway sure and so that's you know that's how uh, that came about but yeah I mean you know uh, getting uh I know that sounds so you know no, some it's... people are like yeah it's just like how did you do that? This, yeah, people man. still don't believe it's that easy. And maybe it's not. Isn't Maybe it's not. I just happened to be very fortunate. I was in the right place at the right time. You know, he was in the right mood. I don't know. I mean, just uh, that's kind of how it all transpired. But uh, again, uh, definitely just an absolute. Um, it's a, it's a, an incredible gem to be able to have him um, bless us with a, uh, one of those covers along with the other incredible artist who else, who else did the variants and then we'll gush about Mignola a little bit more (laughs) (laughs) Um, for issue one. I mean, I can, there's a, there's a lot more artists we can gush about, man. Uh, We've been very fortunate to have kind of a, uh, a, an incredible uh, hall of fame, you know, uh, list of artists uh, from, uh, from different, you know, different, eras if you will um we got uh, dennis cowan on Excellent. issue one as well Fantastic. and again this another one of my heroes uh coming up from the milestone times and you know just realizing who he was and realizing oh wow he's a, a, an artist who's black and that gave me inspiration as a kid or as a, as a younger guy and sure. um you know made me you know it just made me have belief that i can can actually you know be in this industry and then we have um issue one as well we have Brittany williams um she is an incredible um artist that uh 
she she did some work on Patsy Walker Hellcat. It was like oh, the cool. latest run of that. Okay. And um she's in animation now. But um what we were what we were trying to go for in each issue is we wanted to get and you know again this is all intentional. We wanted to get, you know, some some, you know, Hall of Fame legendary illustrators and some illustrators of color. Um especially women. And um, each issue has artists like that, and um, yeah, we're 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 just um, elated to have the uh, the talent uh, be a part of this. And 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 again, each artist they've they've all been very uh, supportive and excited. And um, you know, a lot of these guys and gals they could be doing other other things. They could be pursuing other projects. But um, you know, we're we're very fortunate to have them uh take a little time out and uh you know give us a a good look i'm glad man because again i think um people are only becoming more and more aware of david's writing and your art and Mm -hmm. and and truly man and and seriously ever since you gave me that sketchbook uh a couple Mm -hmm. years ago and stuff and i just saw all the different styles plus the 1000 and mm-hmm. you know, I, I honestly, Sanford, I, I really, I gush, I gush about your art all the time, and, oh, wow. and absolutely, man, because it is, it's terrific, and it's exciting, and I'm glad that you are getting uh, both the opportunities at you know Marvel to do your thing, but also that you and 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 David are are you know doing this creator own book because yeah, I think it's I think it's the right time, and I think mm-hmm. uh, it's the right. Again, based on what I've read in the first issue and everything, no, I think it's it's a great subject matter, and yeah, I'm not. I, it doesn't surprise me, and and I bet Mignola really, obviously, I think probably respects your art and everything too. So you know, he's because he's not going to do it for just anybody. I bet Dennis feels the same way, and I mm-hmm. understand, man. I again, I, those are two of the greats of of the last thirty years, mm-hmm. and you know, it's uh, so so that's terrific, and also to. Um, you know, pass the baton on and, and, and bring other people up to, you know, that are newcomers or, or younger creators, mm-hmm. giving them the opportunity to kind of show their stuff, too. No, I, I mean, that's the right. thing, man. I, re- I really think, and, and again, forget, I'm, I, I, you always, I always have to put the preface of the middle-aged white man's perspective. <laughs> that, I, that I represent, but seriously, but you're, you're, not, you're not you're not middle aged, and you're, you're sometimes I don't know if you're white. I I, I don't know. I was like, Thanks, he, man. No, I appreciate that. It, I'm just joking, man. I'm no, just, but- <laughs> but I get it. I get it. I, John, I listen to your podcast at least once a week, and you throw that reference in about the middle aged white man, and I'm like, the more he says that, the more I think he truly believes. That he's not middle aged, like he's trying to convince himself that he's not middle aged. <laughs> well, like I'm I mean, not. I'm it's that reverse thought, psychology. I don't know. You, well, I got to be honest, man. You know who one of my guys that I'm like, God, you're still excited about comics? Calvin Reed from Publishers Weekly. I love oh, wow. talking. I love talking to Calvin, and Calvin's yeah. like, you know, ten or fifteen years older than me, right? And, right. And, it, and it's like, damn. You know comics are happening now because, you know, sometimes I'll talk to some of the older creators and maybe they just got jaded making the donuts. But, you know, you talk to a Paul Levitz or the late, great Len Wein, and I would, you know, ask them, I'm like, so what are you reading you know, now? And it's like, ah, whatever I need to, you know, right. to kind of get the job done and stuff. But it just seems like the joy of new comics 
at least, you know, when I ask, you know, it didn't seem to be there for some of these guys. And I haven't really asked uh, many of the classic creator women their their point of view. But that's the thing, man. I really think, and again, my point was going to be that when when people stood up and said, you know something, we want more women in comics and we want more people of color in comics. It's like, yeah. You right. know, like we're all like, yeah, man, that sounds great because um, new in, new voices are only going to go in new directions and come right. with a different perspective. And right. and that's why then this what that's what I really think Bitter represents in terms of again what I've read in this first issue and it's like yeah go go keep going <laughs> you know seriously like this is great and again it brings a new energy to the market and mm. and it and and they're distinct books and it's like yeah let this happen so no I'm I'm thrilled and um you know, I want to say you know I'll say it's funny because you, you you said in terms of Mexican or whatever I'm Greek and I'll tell you um, yeah. The, the 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 matriarch of the family reminds yeah. me of my grandmother and I swear to god this is true yeah. yeah uh you know greeks have we have our own mythology and i don't mean like the classics like hercules and all that stuff right right my my <laughs> aunt my aunt who just passed away she had like a hex put on mm. her in her oh. neighborhood when she was oh. a little girl oh wow and my grandmother knew how to take the hex off and she really got like you know, somebody gave her. We call it Mati Mati, but basically, it's like the evil mm-hmm. eye, basically. Okay. And, okay. and she was getting, you know, she was throwing up, but she had a fever, and they didn't know what to do. The doctor's like, I don't know what's wrong with her. You know, whatever, give her wow. Pepto or whatever back in the twenties. And my 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 grandmother like ground up some herbs and you know put a little salve on her. She had like an extended uh, stomach from it and everything. Put uh-huh. this like. Tape these like these rags with these soaked herbs on you know rag soaked herbs on on her uh, on her chest and uh-huh. r- rattled off some Greek incantations and the next mm. morning next morning my aunt felt a hundred percent better. Wow, I, I think every every um, national national nationality I can't even get yeah, the word out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah every every you know uh, the, the, the background. You know, of of our nationalities are similar in in that respect. That there's there's some type of folklore or or even mythos, if you will, that we kind of came up in our culture that has allowed us to to have you know some similar perspectives on things that you know may may not necessarily be. Uh, uh, physical, more you know, spiritual, or you know, something on, on on those levels. And again, all that stuff that you're talking about is, I mean, I had grandmas and and aunties. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, and you know, that is kind of the staple of that culture growing up. If you're sick, or if you're if you were, uh, or whatever, you know, you you or if you had some type of cut or bruise or what have you there was some remedy some herb some type of concoction that you here take this and rub it on there or drink it or whatever and you would um you should feel okay you know, shortly after so a lot of what we put in the story um has a lot of the cultures uh our upbringing um you know kind of embedded in that so again, it makes it authentic. That's outstanding, man. No, I love it. And yeah, did you guys ever do? Did anyone in your culture ever do like um, they they take teacups and they they kind of create 
suction by like, uh, uh-huh. like burning a little paper and, and it causes, you know, the uh-huh. oxygen to go away. Did you guys did that too? We had it in Greek. It was called Venduzis. That's what we called it. <laughs> had no idea. And seriously, like I remember my dad being sick and uh-huh. my, my aunt remembered how my grandmother did it and stuff. And she's like, Jim, I could do Venduzis if you want. And he left and he said, Hey, at this point I'll try anything. Wow. I, you know, and yeah, like you, there's also, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but the madness of King George, they have a very um, extreme version of that. And they, I mean, seriously, it looks like torture in that movie where they have these, <laughs> like, they almost look like light bulbs. They're these like glass globes and they, and they light, you know, a little paper and stuff to make the suction happen. He's got them all um, over his back. And seriously, it looks like something out of Edgar Allan Poe. I mean, it is so <laughs> torturous looking. And I remember watching it with my father. He's like, Vedusas, look at that, man. <laughs> wow, that, that sound, it sounds like uh, you should you should jump on that and uh, write a graphic novel. Man. <laughs> I, think, I think you got something going there, man. Hey, you know, your Greek is is part of your heritage, so you're able to you can make it authentic. You know, that's that's what we're doing. We're just that's hilarious going off of the things that we heard, you know, as kids in 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 our heritage. But um, but you know, kind of going a, a little. Uh, back, you made a comment um, about, you know, uh, different voices and uh, now being the time. I think that's part of why we we were so excited about this is a major part of it is that, um, you know, we're uh, three uh, black creators working on a uh, predominantly black uh, story, a comic with characters. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, and I could be mistaken, but I was talking to someone about this uh, at uh, New York, New York Comic Con. Um, I think that Image Image hasn't produced something like this with the creative team and the story all being, you know, um, uh, people of color. Hadn't done anything like that since Tribe. I don't know if you remember. I do remember. That. Right. Yes, it did. Yes, yeah, sir. yeah. So you know, we're talking twenty plus years ago, maybe longer, twenty five years ago, and um, you know, that's you know, that's a little telling to you know to think that, especially with creator own, you would think there would be more opportunities and stuff like that. And again, I could be mistaken, but at least to my knowledge, I have not really seen anything at least from a creator own level, specifically an image that's, you know, had uh, every, you know, aspect of it is of color. Um, You know, I don't get me. And, and, or, you know, um, other voices like, uh, you know, women, uh, we have our, our, we have our editor is uh, Heather Antos, who used to be. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Tell people, because if they don't know who Heather is, absolutely. Uh, well, Heather, well, you know, you want to know a really funny story um, about this whole thing, because sure. <laughs> Heather, she's incredible. She's an awesome um, editor, and she was an editor over at uh, Marvel for uh, a, a lot of the Star Wars properties. And um, we we got her to be a part of this. This is how much in the dark I am. Well, I shouldn't say I'm in the dark. I choose to tune out certain this noise that's just it's just noise but um go on uh there was this i guess i don't know chatter that um when we announced her as our editor 
um, going around on the internet. And then a friend of mine, he hit me up and said, Hey, you know, you got Heather to be your, um, editor. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Well, you know, you know, she's been, um, she's been for lack of better words, she's been, um, cyber bullied and full yes. in, in, in full disclosure, Heather is so awesome that I don't think you can really cyber bully her <laughs> because she, she, she can come back pretty quick. She has no, she's fearless in, in that regard, but still nonetheless having, you know, these, I mean, some really outlandish things said about her. And I really was, I knew about it, but I didn't know specifically who they were targeting and found out it was her. And I'm like, wow, even more interesting that she's with us on this book, <laughs> you know? And so we're, you know, it's, it, you know, that's going to be that, that, that's already a, a perfect storm, if you will. So great. Um, well, and, 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 and if I may, I'll just add a little bit to it in terms of when everyone got mad, well, I should say when, when people of a certain point of view, uh, there were a bunch of Marvel editors, they wanted to toast the passing of Flo Steinberg. They went out and had milkshakes right. and a right. bunch of jerks decided that as opposed to recognizing that it was just a tribute to a great uh -huh. voice at Marvel and a very important person, certainly for women to rally behind at Marvel and stuff, decided to be jerks about it and say, get back to work and everything. And and you're right. Heather was really the target for a lot of that uh, and just really nasty crap and um. and that nobody deserves to deal with. She, uh -huh. sound, you know, she got she, you know, she left Marvel and I'm glad that uh, even though she's doing fine and she is doing great, she's doing great in gaming. And right. uh, I'm glad that she's keeping her hand in editing and right. is willing to come back. And it is. It's a nice F you to those jerks. And it's like, uh -huh. yeah, guess what? Still in comics. And look at the book I'm working on. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, that's awesome. man. no, seriously, I'm glad that, you yeah. know, how, you know, so did David like reach out who reached out to Heather? Um, actually, David did. David okay. reached out. Yeah. Had he worked yeah. with her before? And I think he had, and um, it's yeah. funny because I think we were supposed to work on something, and uh, that didn't transpire because of whatever that took place um, at Marvel. So you know, yeah. um, but now we're we're together. So terrific. Uh, we're we're making it happen for sure. That's awesome, man. No, yeah, that's great. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I did notice that Heather was part of the team and everything. Clayton Powell's <laughs> doing the lettering. Clayton, so yes. You know, award winning, and of course, you mentioned uh, Rico, um, Rico earlier. So, yeah, we got, we got some, yeah, yeah, we got some some strong talent for sure. Absolutely, man. No, this is great. And uh, and you were telling me off the air that you know you're you're well ahead of schedule and everything. You're you're working on issue four. <laughs> I'm laughing at that because I guess that's kind of relative. In my head, I think I'm so far behind. I'm you know just falling apart at the seams when it comes to. The deadlines and um, yeah, but um, you know, I guess in the grand scheme of things, I am I, I'm you know I'm in a decent place. It's not bad, but you know, it's it's my neuroses kicking in. It's like I should be more you know farther ahead. I should have more done, and you know, but um, yeah, I think we're 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 okay right now okay. for sure. Yeah, Good deal. Yeah. Now, are yeah. you know, last time we talked, you know, you were telling me about secret sauce. That's your uh, mm. Right, Secret Sauce, correct? Yeah, yeah. That's your animation uh, studio. 
Yeah, yeah, we're and we're doing well. Is also, I, I, it's funny because I've kind of uh, I've given the reins to uh, my art director uh, Jay Lee, who um, not not comics, that Jay. Lee, I was going to say not Jay comics Jay Lee, but another Jay Lee. Go on. <laughs> yeah, the other Jay Lee, which is funny. We always give him uh, a hard time. <laughs> He's what, the other what, Jay Lee. What, All right. Yeah. What's funny is he doesn't even know who the other Jay Lee is. He's in a totally <laughs> different. He's like, no. and he said he said to me one time, he was like, oh, I finally looked uh, the other Jay Lee up. He's good. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, he's. He's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. So are you, Jay? You're you're good too, Jay. He goes, oh, thanks. So you know, but uh, yeah, it, uh, I've given him the the reins um, um, over uh, production. Um, they're doing a lot of projects right now. We're we're doing a lot of projects right now. Um, that uh, we're we're going to uh, to uh, this event, CTN. It's um, in Los Angeles. It's uh, animators conference in November, which is funny because while the company will be there, I'm going to be at another um, event called Afrotech, which is pr- I'm pretty excited about. It's sponsored by eBay, okay. and um, as a matter of fact, Bitterroot is going to have an exclusive uh, variant cover uh, coming by eBay, and um, man, we've got some some really exciting news. Um, for some other stuff, but uh, I'll be at this event called Afrotech and it's uh, for uh, black engineers and they want to highlight Bitterroot because we have that steampunk aspect uh, in the story and they wanted to have us come uh, and and talk about that and just the, um, the, uh, the fantastical, you know, intertwine with history and, how the technology uh, applied to what we're doing in our story. And it's just, it's, 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 it should be pretty incredible uh, because that's, again, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother audience. It's like, you know, yes. these guys are guys and girls, they're, they're, you know, uh, tech, tech people, but they're not necessarily in what we do in our realm in our genre, but the crossover is very, you know, it, it can be very uh, seamless. So um, I look forward to it. I understood. And, you know, yeah, this is part of what you were saying when when we were going to talk about some of the other platforms that you're going to or audiences to kind uh-huh. of make them aware of, of Bitterroot and everything. Are there other initiatives that you want to talk about that, you know, you want to continue to, you know, kind of expose this to different people? Yeah, we um, like I said um, earlier, we we were reached out to by a few professors um, at um, historical black institutions, colleges, Howard University. Wow. Um, oh my gosh, uh, Howard University, um, Morehouse, Spelman, sure. wow. Clark, Atlanta, um, Tuskegee. Uh, my alma, my alma mater, uh, Benedict College in South Carolina, um, and we've we've got a few others that's um, on the list there. And I told David and Chuck, I was like, you know, we should just do like a college a college tour, totally. you know, a black college tour. Yeah. And uh, you know, I was just at an event um, about a month ago, and um, if I had three, 400 copies of issue one, I would have sold them all easily. And it just dawned on me, like, you know, here's an audience 
that unfortunately, you know, just, you know, how the industry, you know, the, the uh, infrastructure of the industry doesn't really cater to this audience necessarily. Um, or at least it's not one of those things where that, that audience has full knowledge of the accessibility of the industry, the brick and mortar, you know, going to actually going to a comic shop and, and, you know, so on and so forth. There's, you know, you still got a nice uh, number um, in that audience, but it could be more, a lot more. And I think that's kind of in, in a way we, we've been really, um, we've been, we've been wrestling with how do we get something like this, to that audience and then hopefully to some degree get that audience to a brick and mortar you know um so that's you know we're we're still kind of you know mulling around you know uh how to to do that but ultimately we will be making this uh tour happen probably by the time the trade drops which will be um may i think Okay. So we've got a little time here to orchestrate a, a plan of attack. Um, you know, not to mention we, you know, of course we're going to, you know, do the uh, traditional venues, uh, the comic uh, store signings. We've got a heap of them uh, coming up here um, in the next uh, month. Uh, we, we honestly, we're going to have a signing, I think the day that the issue drops and we're going to have one every weekend until the end of the year, um, you know, at a different at different uh, comic venues. Cool. So, you know, we're we're you know, we're we're just trying to throw the seed or spread the seed as far as possible. Understood. No. And again, I, I think that only makes sense. And, you know, it's the same. Uh, I used to have this talk with people that were doing pure steampunk comics at and this was years ago. And I'm like, are you going to steampunk events? Are you, you know, hitting up uh, steampunk web platforms to let them know what you're doing? Because I'm sure if you reach the right audience, you know, they'll go, they'll jump all over this. And yeah, no, I think I think a black college tour is a, is a fantastic idea, and and especially again, dealing with the backdrop of the Harlem Renaissance. Do you see? Do you guys see yourself as this? You know, story progresses and stuff. Will you hit other eras from a future standpoint? As well, or, you know, in, in terms of, you know, where this is going to go? Um, you're going to have to ask David about that. I think we, okay. <laughs> David, we, we've been going back and forth about how far do we want to go ahead. I mean, I will say this. We've got some generational stuff kind of, or you know, we've had, we, we have it in the, it's in the ether, like mm-hmm. this generational thing. Okay. Um, Someone mentioned, and this by no means is anything official because we hadn't even talked to the guy, the creator. Uh, Joe Casey has a book that's coming out that um, I don't know the name of the book, but it's, it takes place during uh, Black exploitation era, the 70s. Okay. Yeah, the 70s, and, sure. And, and um, the main character, a woman of color, and she does something similar to what our characters do. I mean, it's a different story overall, but someone made a comment on another podcast. It would be pretty awesome to see 
some kind of tie in with that. I'm like <laughs> a crossover. <laughs> some kind of crossover. Oh, now, mind you, that's that's 50 years later. But I, you know, hey, you know, it it's could, a time it could work. Yeah, it's a work. time travel away. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm, exactly. Sure granny, I'm sure the grandmother could like kind of whip up some sort of portal for. Well, uh, you know, well, it's not even <laughs> actually it's not even granny. I think uh, we have uh, Uncle Enoch, uh, another one of the the, the, the char- uh, characters from uh, <laughs> from the Sangria family. Uncle Enoch, uh, where do you guys get a load of him? He's 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 kind of he's a mad scientist. So we'll leave okay. it. Yeah, he, he's and he's he's kind of the he was the kind of the catalyst to uh, implementing the steampunk technology. Um, oh, cool. Because you and I, I could share this, too, as far as like there's different um, there's different disciplines uh, when it comes to um, who, who, you know, the roles to play in terms of their their missions. You have your hunters and then you have your, um, those who, um, create the, um, the, whether it be the, the, the medicines or even the tech to, yes. for them to go and, and hunt. Um, so there's an interest. And even with that, there's an interesting, um, inner story with one of the main characters, um, young female by the name of Blink, she's torn about her purpose because she wants to do what the the guys are doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, she wants to hunt. No, I'm yeah. glad, and I and I was going to get into that. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the great things is Blink wants to hunt, but she's kind of because of that traditional role is uh-huh. expected to kind of you know blend the herbs and and kind of work on the tech and also work on the uh, the formulas. Uh-huh. The alchemy of, yep. of of the stuff and and let let the men do the hunting and right. now she's uh she she is not to be denied of uh, both yeah. pursuits leave it at that and we'll let people enjoy the, enjoy the issue but yeah no i think that's yeah man that's and again great interpersonal conflict you know good conflict that's where storytelling comes from man yeah so even and as you say even within the ranks different ways of how to address these uh these problems and stuff so not only mm-hmm. in terms of old versus young but also men versus women and stuff i think that's great oh, oh absolutely yeah we we like i said once i i saw the 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 overview um uh, i'm sorry the synopsis thank you uh the synopsis um that david laid out i was like yeah this is this is going to be a lot of fun to uh to create these characters and get this uh, inner interlocking stories and uh, see where it goes. Very cool. And again, so you're going to do five issues, put out the trade and um, you know, I mean, but obviously you want to, you're going to get back to it. Do you guys, I mean, this is something I always ask image people is, do you envision a length of this or would you like this to go as, as long as you can and, and uh, sky's the limit and, you know, hoping for a hundred issues and beyond. <laughs> well, you know, there's so there's so many different takes on what's considered to be acceptable or a success these yeah. days. I think yeah. Now, with, you know, the I don't know. I mean, you you hear, you know, hey, the way to go is to try to create this epic, you know, Walking Dead kind of you know saga saga with generational stuff, and and that's possible. But then, you know, you hear. 
uh, another take on, you know, hey, you want to do something that's a little more uh, finite and, um, you know, really make an impact and, and kind of leave leave it there and just end on that big impact. So, I, you know, it just I think we'll we'll know exactly where this should go. I think by the end of the first arc. Okay. Like okay. We, 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 you know, of course we have already planned at least three arcs. Um, got it. You know, we've got that pretty solid. That's, you know, set and ready to go. But uh, beyond that, I think, you know, even, even by the first arc, I think we'll have a, at least a good sense of how far we can take this. Uh, I, I will say this though. I, I've seen, without putting too much information out there, I've seen where, at least in issue four, and I think it's, well, of course, it's going to continue in issue five. There's something that happens to one of the main characters that there's no way in the world we can leave that. Um, there's, we would have to really make the second arc almost about that one thing. You see what I'm saying? And I that do. that means we've got a whole nother arc to kind of deal with the, the even bigger story that we have. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. Even, even just saying that, that's plenty of room for this thing to 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 go beyond three arcs um, and it not be, you know, overdrawn or or anything like that. I understand. Well, and also I'll congratulate you too because I always think this is an important thing: is a really solid first issue that doesn't have to resolve everything, but give you a good story. Yeah. I think that, and I think you get that. And it's like, if, if when people buy this, they can say, all right, I kind of get a sense of where this is going with obviously Mm. things that will likely surprise, as you're saying with the fourth issue. But I think it, I I really think it's important to have a good first issue where it's like, all right, I got my money's worth here. And then the question is, do you want to continue the journey or not? And I, and I think you succeed, you guys succeed in, uh, in providing that kind of first issue sample that I think people need to right. get interested in a, in a book and everything. So, right. yeah, Thank I mean, you. again, cause a lot of times, you know, I don't know, man, I, I, it's been a lot of years since, you know, this version of image has been out there and I don't think everybody does that with the mm-hmm. first issue. And sometimes there's just like, you know, you get that final page like, Hey, Whoa, here's a big hook. And it's like, yeah, but did you give me enough of a story other than setting up the mystery. And if it's all set up and there's no payoffs, it's like, eh, I don't know. So, you know, yeah, I think, like I said, I think you get the feeling of what this book is about and you give, you know, at least the people that maybe even are like, all right, that's enough. At least, Hey man, I, I didn't feel like I got chipped by my four bucks, you know? Right. <laughs> so, well, yeah. yeah, we, yeah, we, we definitely, um, I appreciate that. I mean, we, we wanted to hit the ground running, in the first issue, we didn't want to, you know, load you up with too much information. Um, at the same time, we, you know, like you said, we, 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 we gave enough to where hopefully you'll come back for issues two, three and four and five. And of course, you know, um, we know how this game is played. It's, you know, <laughs> there's so many, you know, that will wait for the trade and things of that sure. nature. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately I'm guilty of it. Um, but I do think that, you know, like, um, with many of the titles that are out there now, um, we're, we're striving to make each, each issue um, something that would really uh, mean a lot uh, to collect 
those as well. Uh, we're doing something different for the trade as well. So, all oh, cool. Um, yeah, in we're, terms we're, of in terms of different back matter or whatever. Um, yeah, and I don't even know if it's going to be back matter. It might even be just something totally different. Um, okay, stay, stay tuned for that. We we, cool. we got a few ideas that we think would really work. That's excellent, man. That's cool. <laughs> we got to get people, and I got to say this too. Um, even with the the single issues, um, we we were talking about the covers. Uh, I'm doing a a five issue connecting cover. So, oh, cool. It's, yeah, so it's going to be pretty much. Uh, you know, whatever you saw in the first issue um, from what I sent you, it's just going to be that scene, you know, continued uh, continued for uh, five issues. So, you know, I've Very done cool. it for Marvel with Black Panther and Luke Cage. And I see my, you know, my art being used for all kinds of stuff with with those uh, those spreads. I'm like, you know what? Let me do it for myself. <laughs> you know, let me <laughs> let me let me, you know, reap the fruits of that labor, you know. Fully. So um, that's uh, pretty much what. Plus, I wanted to kind of do something. I mean, you got Mike Mignola and, and uh, Bilson. Kev- I didn't even mention. I think it, it, uh, they just revealed Bilson Kevich is uh, issue two's cover. Oh, wonderful. Um, yeah. So, you know, um, you know, you got all these luminaries in the industry and, and I wanted to do something to not get lost in the shuffle. So, <laughs> you know, let me try to do something to stand out just a little bit there. So that's awesome, man. No, that's great. And great to hear another classic creator. That's, uh, you know, coming to, to work on the book with you and everything. That's wonderful too. And, yeah. and yeah, man, no, I, I, no, I don't blame you for doing that. And truly, man, I'm very intrigued by the, uh, the idea of, of lecturing at the, at the black colleges. I uh-huh. hope that I'm sure, I'm sure that someone will video, the uh any any sort of presentation you guys end up doing yeah um but i hope i hope they they you know please link to it when when the time comes because man i'm telling you i i love what i do i love that uh certain conventions are smart enough to you know uh put their put their panels out video wise and stuff like that but i really um man i've got a librarian friend who is constantly combing uh various universities for comic book presentations and stuff and it it's so thank god for guys like tom spurgeon the comics reporter who Mm -hmm. used to work at comics journal because he'll he'll post a lot of that on his blog but man i'll tell you i just think those things are great and will really serve to preserve what's going on now and for for future years and stuff like that and i think they're important and i really think you know this is this is a great idea i think it's going to inspire a lot of Current students and I also think future students as well doing stuff like this. So I'm I'm glad and and yeah, man, like just make that stuff available would be my you know if you talk to the universities and stuff, just make yeah. sure it's like yeah. Now you know you are going to put this out beyond your own website, aren't you? Hopefully, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, well, you know, again, I mean, we're 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 you know we're hopefully about to embark on some some territory. I, and I'll say this too, David. Um, he's pretty well versed in this in this area he's he just um i'll make this announcement for him he just did a ted talk and hey, uh, that's for, great and i yeah. think he told me that in new york that he was yeah. about to do a ted talk but go on please yeah i mean well that's pretty much it he just did it okay. uh, a few weeks ago <laughs> is it online is it, is it up i don't think it's uh, uh, it's not up yet, but um, okay. it will be soon. Um, the, I, I okay. told him, I was like, dude, don't 
don't play around, man. Make sure you put that thing up so that we can oh, shout yeah. the heavens about that, you know. And no, that's um, great. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I was I was looking at uh, the the comic and I missed that line where the uh, grandmother tells uh, is it, it's Jinx, right? Jinx is uh-huh. the young, you know that that she's she's not Bessie Coleman, and uh, and and it's funny because. I never – we have a – I don't know if you know this, but right by O'Hare Airport, we've, uh-huh. got a stretch, we've got a stretch of road that's called the Bessie Coleman Highway. And I never knew – I never knew or, or looked into why it's called Bessie Coleman and everything, and I'm reading now. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so There you go, man. This is serendipitous, man. Because <laughs> I do – I do – you know, I, I think I told you I'm doing uh, traffic reporting on the radio now. And and so, yeah, so I always am talking about, well, on the Bessie Coleman Highway, it's a little tight right now as you get into the Kennedy. So, (laughs) wow. (laughs) And I've I've come to learn now that she was an American aviator. And and I'm reading right now the, uh, wow, the first first, uh, woman of African-American descent and the first of Native American descent to hold a pilot's license. So it makes perfect sense. Bessie Coleman is pretty awesome. I drew her. For uh, a Black History Month, um, like uh, I did like one illustration a day a few years back. It was kind of like, you know, the, you know, you, you are you familiar with uh, Inktober? Are we? Oh, of course, are we, we are. are we we're recording? recording, obviously. Okay. Yeah, and I and and uh, yeah. this will be another Inktober episode. I have you, and I got Sean Crystal uh, oh. talking. And I remember, by the way, when you did this. But go on and continue to describe what you're about to describe. Um. Well, yeah, I. Um, for the it it wasn't really Inktober, but it was um kind of in the same vein. I, you know, during the month of uh, Black History Month, I did one historical black uh, figure a day. I just inked, you know, uh, and did a, a rendition of one uh, per day. And that was um, Betsy Coleman was one of those uh, one of the one of the uh, the uh, historical figures. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, no, man, I, I do. I remember you doing that, and that was incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, too that was, much. Yeah. Too yep. much. Well, and again, classic example of, of the story and how, you know, you're going to drop little hints like that. Is there a Bessie Coleman at all, <laughs> say, planned for uh, <laughs> Bitterroot? That, well, like I said earlier, there's there's a lot of things planned. I think we, we're just trying to make sure that we are doing um, an incredible story. Um, first and then um implementing um and again there's just even with the event that took that that takes place historically um that's affected this family the most at least up up to this point Mm -hmm. that that alone is going to have people discussing that for a while because it's a real thing it happened for real (laughs) so it's like wow yeah yeah that's awesome man that that alone, I think, is is going to be enough to kind of fill at least a you know a few uh, issues, and and of course we'll sprinkle in some other things um, to make sure that you know those who are really looking for the cool Easter eggs will get their fill. Excellent. So what it, it comes out in November? When when does uh, Better Root come out? Uh, November fourteenth. Uh, Pre order. I think is today's the last day for issue one. I think. Oh, geez, man, I'm sorry about that. Then I'm I sorry we didn't get to talk to before that. Yeah, uh, I, for, I could for be final wrong. order cutoffs. 
Yeah. You know. yeah. And I, and you know, for me that, that order cutoff thing is kind of like, I don't know. I mean, if, if, if there's none, uh, if there's not any, uh, available, then order, you know, what, you know, still order it, <laughs> you know, you sure. can still. Okay. So don't be dissuaded if, yeah, yeah, if we're past, yeah, yeah. If, if we're past yeah. the air quotes final order cutoff, right? You know, yeah. If you yeah. don't see it, make sure you yeah. talk to your uh, store. Make sure yeah. they ordered it, and if they didn't order it, though, they will order it. They will order it, of course. And you know, I, you know, like I said, um, you know, the industry, you know, it, it 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 is what it is. So it's at this point we're 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 doing what we need to do. I hear you, man. Yeah. Well, yep. and I'm glad, and uh, and seriously, yeah, any. I, uh, as I was telling you off the air, I would love to, you know, get David on. I've been trying uh, for a while, but, and you've been helping me out. We had a great conversation at, uh, at New York. It was Chuck next to David at New York. Um, he, he, he wasn't there when you were there. I think, uh, Chuck, okay. he only, he was only there for one day. But because you know, there was a gentleman sitting next to David and I feel like I ignored him and I'm like, Oh God, I hope I wasn't Chuck and I feel bad if I did. No, it, it wasn't him. <laughs> okay, <laughs> wasn't good. Him. But, right. um, it's funny because, um, uh, you, you were saying you were trying to get David on. I was going to make a joke and say, "Well, you know, he's doing TED talks now, so you that's know, true. He's, he's too big for me. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to charge. He's going to charge you an, an appearance fee. He wants there to. There you go. Hilarious. And I and I will see this though. I mean, it's much deserved. I mean, if anyone should be doing that stuff, it should be him. I mean, I'm always fascinated with his uh, academic viewpoint on just uh many subjects he's very knowledgeable in a, on a lot of things and i think that's something that's really kind of uh helps helps me tremendously in my viewpoints but even also just in from a more practical standpoint um just even even in my storytelling there's certain things that he would kind of make me uh rethink um and and go in a different direction as opposed to um, what I originally thought of doing. So, you know, again, I mean, he, all, all the accolades or opportunities that he's getting right now is uh, well-deserved. He's got something new at DC, uh, just got announced at New York, I think, um, you know, and of course um, he, he gets a lot of, um, of uh, mention when it comes to his stories um, at Marvel with uh, Power Man and Iron Fist and uh, Luke Cage, uh, even the, the Night Nighthawk. I mean, I, Nighthawk I, was I, great, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so many people talk about that Nighthawk story. I mean, you know, so I mean, it's only a matter of time. I hope that uh, you, you know people will really you know see what he can do um, on a major uh, stage, and that's only a matter of time. You know, even. You know, uh, try not to put too much words in his mouth, but uh, they, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Brian, Michael Bendis, you know, is like a champion for him. So, you know. I hear you, man. Yeah, they're, know, co they're cool. co teaching that, that course. Yeah. Uh, that, that they're teaching as well. And no, and, and truly on the Bendis tapes, no, Brian is always talking about David. David's Planet of the Apes stuff is fantastic. And I say that as a diehard Planet of the Apes fan, and we yep. were talking about some of his ideas that he's trying to push towards Boom, and I'm like, yes, please. They all sound great. Uh -huh. um, no, and I and I think you know. I actually, I had him autograph my uh, my Shaft uh, paperback that he wrote. Oh, cool! His cool. original story, 
And yeah. yeah, oh god, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, man. I hey, you know, we all we all grew, especially like David's around my age and everything, and it's like probably a little bit younger, but not that much younger. And yeah, man, like we all grew up loving the same stuff. I mean, I yep. said that to Reg, when Reggie Hudlin was on too. It's like, hey, man, we all love Bruce Lee. We weren't Chinese, but we all love Bruce Lee, man. I'm yep. like, it's like there was some really great stuff happening, and Shaft was another like amazing cultural moment, and that's mm-hmm. why, like, no, black exploitation. It's like there were really some great ideas going on then, and I love the original. A lot of the original movies. I love uh, things like Black Dynamite that I think was a fantastic parody uh, of that time, and I, I got to talk to. Uh, Phil Morris about that and his mm-hmm. involvement in that and everything. not Michael J. White, unfortunately, but Phil Morris told me about his his involvement and that was amazing. No, it's good stuff, man. And uh, no, David's David's a really smart guy and he's totally a pop culture guy. So no, it's uh, I uh, hopefully I'm not I'm not small enough that he'll. <laughs> I hope he won't ignore me. I don't think he will. We had a good we had a we had a good talk and as always I'm yeah, like, I think you're, ta- I think you're ta- good. Okay, I was gonna say if not I got you and Brian to like back me up and go no talk to him. I had to get. Uh, Sal Abinati, Alex Ross's guy, to let Ship Kid know who I was because yeah. they got they got their new Marvel coffee table book. Oh, and, you know, and I'm like, hey, Chip, I'd really love you to do my podcast. And he looked over at Sal. He's like, no, 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 John's a good guy. Talk to John. He's all right. And he's <laughs> like, oh, well, if Sal knows, he goes, all right. And then, then okay, we'll talk. I'm like, all right. Wow. So, well, yeah. I got all my. You guys are all my uh, Godfathers, kind of. You know, plead my case for me when I when I meet new people and stuff. So that's mm. all right. There you go. Man. There you go. <laughs> this is great, man. So Bitterroot coming out uh, November 14th. And, uh, man, truly, uh, all of you guys, Chuck Brown, David Walker, Sanford Green, wonderful work. And yep. a great first issue. And, and truly, very excited about the concept. And uh, as always, I'm thank you for making me aware of what you're doing. And mm-hmm. I'm always happy to check in. And, you know, when there, when, when there's secret sauce news or any of the other things going on. Did the Netflix – I know you didn't have direct involvement – with that Netflix uh, animated series that was based yeah. on yeah. on your stuff, how how did that go over? Um, it it came and went. <laughs> okay, I don't, well, yeah, I don't, hey I, man, yeah, I, I know that was one of those things where we our studio did the um, we did the trailer for the initial launch of it, and okay. I did the designs for it, and um, I honestly don't know where it is right now. I mean, I think truth be told, once that kind of happened, um. I started my uh, 1000 project um, and got that off the ground. Um, that's on Webtoons right now, as a matter of fact. Oh, that's and, great. And yeah, forgive um, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem, hey, no problem. Yeah, yeah. How's yeah, that going? It, oh, it's going great. Um, you know, it's a little stressful uh, having two full time, um, you know, projects, you know, you have to deal with. Um, but, um, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, you have to, you know, you say this uh, uh, quite a lot, but you have to make the donuts. You have to be the one to go in and put it to work. So, <laughs> yeah, I think, man. You know, I, I'm, I'm just, you know, trying to make that happen right now. Um, again, um, I think uh, eight chapters, nine chapters are available on uh, that platform, on Webtoons platform right now. Um, you know, I and will. And that's all free, right? Is is it free? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's all free. And um, that's cool. And um, I, I guess, you know, I don't do this too often, but I am pretty proud of this moment. Uh, we won the Ringo Award for Best Web Comic for uh, 2018, uh, uh, 1000 won for Best Web Comic Series there um, uh, for the Ringo Award uh, in Baltimore. Yeah, that's outstanding. 
So that was cool. And, uh, you know, I was like, hey, you know, I guess someone likes it. (laughs) So it's time to. That's wonderful, man. It's time to keep it going. So, yeah, uh, it's been great. Well, that's good because, honestly, um, you, Dean Haspiel, and Riley Brown are the three creators I know off the top of my head that are doing things at Webtoon. And, you know, I'm, it's funny. I'm looking at my uh, New York uh, Comic-Con badge, and there was a nice rubber uh, Webtoon, uh, you know, little doohickey that's uh, attached to our badges and stuff. And I, oh, yeah. Every, yeah. every year they've got a bigger presence at some of the oh, bigger yeah. shows. And yeah. Dino's the, Dino Haspiel is really the first guy that really talked to me about that. And, yeah, yeah. it's amazing. So it's out of Korea. Korea. Mm-hmm. And 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 this interesting new digital platform where a lot of you guys and women are are putting your comics there. I'm glad to hear that uh, the 1000s getting a, a good response. You know, um, it's it's one of those things where it's um, it's kind of like um, the music industry, if you will, in general. Um, you know, albums, CDs, uh, what do you, what do you want to call it, MP3, and now it's the streaming aspect of it. Um, this is this is the streaming aspect of, of of the comic industry, and I know that that's from a traditional comic standpoint. That's very um, it's it's a little daunting for those who are a part of the brick and mortar, and you know how sure. how does that how do they fit in um, in, in in that regard? And I think you know I guess. To my, I guess the, the the best answer I can give with that is, there's always going to be an audience for uh, brick and mortar. Um, it's just like there's always going to be an audience that loves to buy albums or a CD. Sure. You know, um, it, it may need to be a little bit more of a a boutique aspect of it. I don't know. I mean, unless there's, there are a lot of stores out there that are doing tremendous because they have the ability to cater and, and evolve um, mm-hmm. in different aspects. Um, it's not just kind of like one direct uh, type of, of item that they would, you know, um, have featured in their, in their stores. But uh, again, with webtoons, they're they're just really um, kind of the wave of where things are are are, are going to go, and um, you know, it's just really uh, fortunate to be a part of that. I've had many, especially this last few uh, major cons, San Diego, New York. I've had a lot of. Uh, traditional creators, uh, they reached out to me uh, wanting to know more about webtoons. Um, whereas before, it was kind of looked on, looked upon in a, uh, well, you know, that's that digital stuff. You know, it's kind of almost derogatory <laughs> to some degree. But um, now I think they're really seeing uh, where things are going and, and webtoons is at the forefront of it. Understood. And yeah, I agree. And I think. God, since the very late 90s and the early 2000s, no, digital comics have carved its own niche in the same way that streaming television has and cable before it. And no, I think you're right. And I think, again, it's a different audience. Uh, so that's I think that's great. And also, that's the place to do, uh, you know, I mean, you know, and Dino's doing a great job with like the Red Hook. There's a superhero book. But, right. you know, I would say this is the place for other genres to really find uh, different audiences as well. 
And uh, no, I'm glad. And again, and it's certainly too, it seems the Korean market in particular, they're the most savvy when it comes to all the countries, all the international countries, and even the United States, when it comes to digital content. I know they were kind of first with a lot of uh, storytelling that they put on cell phones, even before tablets. And the Korean audience really took to it and everything. So it's very interesting. You know, you got you got the French and Belgian uh, bidet comics that uh, come out, or bede, I forget how you pronounce it, but it's B-E-D-E. And mm-hmm. it's all those beautiful, like, you know, Tintin, Tantan, and, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And and certainly, you know, England and, and uh, you know, manga, and obviously coming from Japan. So it's really interesting to see where comics evolve from whatever international platforms. And it's really smart that they've, you know, kind of uh, reached out and, and gotten so many American creators to come on board. And, yeah, I, I see nothing but upside coming in the future with Webtoons. So, yeah. Right. right. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome, man. No, and I, hey, congrats on the Ringo. That's wonderful. And Thank I got to catch up now. Shame on me. I'm sorry that I wasn't aware <laughs> of that. No, and you're right, man. Again, yeah. you know, I, I again, I think old older readers and stuff, we are. We think brick and mortar first. And I do go to Comixology for stuff, but I should go to Webtoons more and, and scan yeah. and everything. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I, the only time I do is when I know, all right, I'm going to be talking to Haspiel. So it's like, all right, let me catch up on Red Hook. And Riley Brown's had a couple of things, like I said, over there as well. So they're the three that come to mind. You guys are the three that come to mind right now. Oh, thank you. And, you know, and that's, um, you know, uh, I've, I've had Bitterroot at the forefront for the last three, four months. So it, it has been, you know, uh, one of those things where all hands were on deck with that. So it it's one of those things where I just, um, you you know, I'm, I'm working on this project, but um, Bitterroot was so prevalent, it was hard to kind of, you know, balance both of uh, both oh, of sure. them. You know, but uh, yeah, I mean, we're like I said, we're 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 doing well right now. That's excellent, man. And no, and you know, if anything, just again, knowing that I've got Sanford Green fans listening, if they weren't aware of 1000, I'm glad you bring it up. And there's another place to uh, enjoy your art and your storytelling and everything, man. So that's that's terrific. So yeah, so. So 1,000 is over at Webtoons. Check that out. And, again, uh, less than a month away, November 14th, first issue of Bitter Fruit. So uh, nice going, Sanford, as always. Truly, thank you. As uh, Really, man, it, it means a lot that you come back and are willing to talk because uh, I enjoy our conversations. I'm always happy to see you at shows. And uh, I'm, I'm thrilled that everything is uh, looking up. So uh, keep up the great work. Oh, absolutely. Thank you very much. Always fun to talk to Sanford Green. Happy to have him back and can't wait for my next conversation with him. Check out Bitter Root coming out this month from Image Comics. I hope you liked today's conversation. It was brought to you by Lightning Strike Comics, the Irish comic book publisher behind such titles as The Life and Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, Prince Valiant's 80th Anniversary Magazine, Highlander, the commemorative movie magazine, and many more. They're happy to announce this brand new series, The Phantom Strikes, featuring the art of... The great Alex Saviak, who's done incredible work at Marvel and DC, and many Phantom stories as well, and a new original story by David Williams. The Phantom Strikes will also feature contributions by artist Mike Collins, and a lot more. To order copies, you want to visit lightningstrikecomics.com, and retailers can make bulk orders by emailing info at lightningstrikecomics.com. 
Lightning Strikes also teamed up with the longest-running Phantom comic publisher, Fru Comics, to offer more titles featuring the Ghost Who Walks, including Kid Phantom Number 1 and the trade paperback of the Phantom's earliest stories for those who came in late. Check it out. You will find great books at great prices. And, of course, they're available at Comixology now. Check it out. Their website again, lightningstrikecomics.com. Thanks so much for listening to Word Balloon today. We've got more great Word Balloons that I've also released today. A great talk with fellow podcaster and incredible artist to celebrate Inktober, Sean Crystal. And an amazing talk with Eric Esquivel, who is doing a great job on the Vertigo series Border Town. We get the whole story behind that in another conversation that drops today on Word Balloon. As I close out October with three episodes, I hope you check them all out. I hope you enjoy the conversations. More great talks to come in the month of November and beyond. So check back at wordballoon.com for more updates. Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2018.